in the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. All right. Uh, welcome to episode 24 of the In the Pattern Podcast. This is our Oshkosh wrap up discussion. I'm your host, Chris Holub. Along with me in the virtual hangar, we've got our co hosts, John Conway and Brad Kane. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing really well. Glad to be here. Excellent. John, what's up with you, man? I am doing great. I'm glad to be here, too. Uh, it's been nice to sleep in my own bed for a few nights, but uh, you know what? At this point, I'm ready to go back. <laughs> yeah, if they were uh, if they were still flying airplanes like they were, as I, uh, um, as I was mentioning earlier to Brad, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested in being back there, too. Um, I was only there for a short time compared to you. I really feel like I missed so much. Um, you know, I, I feel bad for you, John. I mean, you got like, what is it, like an 18-hour drive? Is that what it is? Uh, well, that's about what it ended up being on the way home. Um, I, I, uh, I, I took up uh, Pilot Damon. Uh, he met me and Frederick on the way up. And uh, that's about a half hour from my house. And then we continued on our way and went up. And that was about a, a 14, 15-hour drive. Um, on the way back, though, I, I ended up dropping him off at Philadelphia. Uh, he was catching a flight out of there on Tuesday, so um, I needed to drop him off there, and his wife was going to meet him in Philly. So I ended up driving to Philly and then back to Baltimore, which probably extended my drive by about four hours. So uh, it wasn't too bad. It was nice this year having somebody in the car. I haven't had that in the past. Um, so the time went by really fast, but I tell you what. After a week of getting maybe four hours of sleep each night, uh, to driving 18 hours in the car in one day, um, it was a little hard. We were both kind of dragging at the uh, at, towards the end of that drive, but it worked out pretty well. I made it home safe; uh, wasn't any issues. So, yeah, it it, it worked out, but uh, right. definitely worth it. I wish we could have flown. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it pans out in the future. A uh, a dedicated a dedicated pilot and uh, Oshkosh lover you are to uh, to uh, make that drive. That is a tough drive, and I uh, just want to thank you for uh, uh, you know um, taking care of me while I'm there. As far as you know, because I have to fly, therefore it's you know next to impossible for me to take everything I need to have for sleeping. So thanks for bringing the extra air mattress and whatnot, and uh, and uh, let me stay in the tent again. So we had a good time. No problem, man. I'm now the proud owner of three air mattresses. After, an, know, <laughs> yeah, um, you're all set. Amazon you, binge. You saw the you saw the picture. Oh yeah, you saw the picture of that tent I I, I showed you, right? The thing I was did. ridiculous. I did. It, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, if I if I definitely do the camping again, I'm I'm all for that. That thing was. Uh, that thing, well, you, you've got a big tent, but that thing was like the 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 tent Taj Mahal, right? Um, the Taj Mahal tent, but but it had this like big screened-in porch that like attaches to it. Also, it was, it was pretty cool. 
Um, anyways, enough talking about driving and uh, tents and whatnot. Let's talk about Oshkosh, as it were. Um, so, uh, John, you got in on, was it Sunday? Uh, oh, let me think about that real quick. No, we actually got in earlier than I expected. Uh, we got in Saturday night at 11 o'clock, um, 2300. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, we, we left. I left my house around 9. I wanted to make sure I got a full night's sleep before driving up there. And, and I did, and it worked out fairly well. So I left at 9, met up with uh, Damon at 9.30, drove through a, a bunch of rain. It was nice on the other side of the mountains to clear the weather that was coming through Maryland at the time um, to kind of sunny skies and a nice drive the rest of the way. Uh, so so we ended up arriving actually a lot sooner than we thought. We arrived at 11 o'clock. We um, got out of the car. We set up the tent quickly, um, filled up our air mattresses, and went to bed. So uh worked out fairly well. It's about all, it's about all, the, all the time there is left to, to do that uh, after, after that kind of a drive, I imagine. Um, so you're all ready to go on on day zero. You're ready to get to it. So day zero was an interesting day, and we were definitely we woke up, man. We were ready. It was great to see everybody again. You know, kind of spend some time in the morning, uh, talking to Larry, talking to uh, to Mart. Uh, Marty was there. Um, Adam Fast was there. Uh, see if I Stew was at, at Camp Bacon as well. Um, so it was kind of spent the morning uh, uh, doing a little bit of catch up with everybody, and then me and Damon went ahead and, and started kind of walking around the grounds a little bit. Uh, we went and got our media passes, um, and then we, uh, we we decided to try to shoot a day zero of other people's airplanes. Now, the problem with this was uh, David Allen uh, was not arriving until Monday midday, and he had all the cameras. <laughs> Makes it a little bit difficult to shoot video. Yes, it does. So. In, in trying to do a day zero, we had to figure out how we were going to record this. So it, it was a little difficult. So we had an iPhone, we had my Galaxy Nexus, and we had an iPad 3. First thing was trying to figure out how to mount an iPad, an iPhone, or my Galaxy Nexus to a tripod so that we could actually record it. Um, turns out that an iPad works really well for that. Uh, you flip the iPad, you take the iPad out of the iPad, you, uh, you put the iPad on its side, right? You put it on the tripod. Um, I, I have the little flip um, uh, flip cover, smart cover thing or whatever. So I, I sat it so it would be in, in kind of, you know, landscape standing up mode, straight up mode. Uh, put that on the tripod and then I wrapped the ad pad around it to Velcro it. So you could only see half the screen, but you could hit the record button using the volume. So as long as you had it on and ready to go, you'd sit it there, you hit record. You kind of pointed it where you went and you hoped that you were looking at the right thing because you can only see half the screen. But then, you know, we went ahead and recorded a day zero that way. I have some pictures I'll have to post um, that I took of the crazy contraption we had. Um, and then we had we had Damon do audio using his iPhone, so he had a headset going through, and um, he uh, tried to record the audio that way, and it worked great, except the last bit of audio that we needed for the last part of the show ended up, um, ended up being... Uh, he couldn't save it or something from the iPhone, so we ended up not being able to use any of the footage of the day. Oh, ouch! Yeah, we have some hilarious outtakes and some other stuff. So uh, um, maybe at some point we can, you know, finagle some of that on the internet because it's kind of funny. But that was our day zero, and uh, you know, we gave it our best. We really tried. Uh, we had some good content, but uh, we, we did prove though that you can film with an iPad. Uh, it's a little difficult, but you can do it. So. That was our day zero, and uh, a great start to the week. What's, what's the 
Is is the resolution on the iPad 720 or 1080? You know, I don't know off the top of my head. I think it's 1080. It could be 720. Uh, either way, it looked pretty good. And you know what? I will say, if you look at um, some of the other people's airplanes uh, footage for the week, um, at one point, there's a couple pieces of B-roll, like this before the sponsor time at one point, that was shot from Scholler. Um, that was actually shot from the iPod. That was actually footage from that day zero. So some of it did actually make it in. Um, some of the B-roll stuff, but, uh... Oh, okay. It at least does 720. I know it does some kind of HD, and, uh, it, it looks pretty good, so it worked out. Good deal. So, uh, day zero done, and then, and it's, and it's warm, right? It's, uh, you're, like, 100 degrees or something on, uh, the first, like, three days of the show, I think. It was, it was pretty warm. I don't know exactly what it was on day zero. Uh, day one was, uh, about over 100. Um, that was a rough day. Uh, that's when Dave came in. We had done... We went to Starbucks, we went to Best Buy, we did a whole bunch of stuff uh, on and off the field the first two days, uh, waiting for David to get in, and um, we were kind of escaping to uh, air conditioning as much as we could, because it was brutal on a Monday and Tuesday. Uh, I mean, we were going through so much water. Thankfully, I had a camelback. I tell you what, that thing saved me this week. <laughs> um, I had the pouch thing, put it in the backpack, worked out great. So Yeah, those things are great to have. Yeah, so it was it was hot, but um, you know it's the beginning of the week. I'll, I'll take the hot at the beginning of the week if it gets nicer towards the end of the week. Because the beginning of the week is when you're fresh. It's when you're you know you're ready to see some airplanes. You're excited for the show. So you know what? You don't care. There's airplanes flying, and you know you have those moments where I was walking from the shower building, and this may have been one of the first two days. And I'm walking from the shower building, and all of a sudden I hear one of the um, helicopters giving rides go overhead. And I just looked up, and I just couldn't help but smile because I knew that that sound meant that I was in Scholar and I was at Oshkosh. You just have a lot of moments like that at the beginning of the, beginning of the yeah. week. Um, by the end of the week, you would learn to ignore it like the trimotor. You're like, oh, it's another trimotor. But, uh, yeah, the never-ending the never ending circle of uh, Bell 47s going over all the time. Yeah, those, those, those things. I wonder how many hours they get put in uh, between... Uh, between you know, in between the show, you know how many hours they uh, they get. Um, it's got to be a bunch. It, it's got to be. Uh, yeah, we we me and uh, John rode uh, took a ride in one of those Bell Forty Sevens last year. It's pretty cool. Um, a, a bit a little short. It's only about a six minute ride from takeoff to touch from takeoff to landing. You know, um, but it's fun. It gives you an excellent bird's eye view of. You know, all the vendor space, all the camping space, uh, you know, the North 40. You kind of, from where you're at, can even see um, that uh, South 40 and, like, experimental area, although that's still a little ways off because they cut kind of through Camp Schuller and turn back that at that point. But it's a fun ride, and I think when me and you flew it, it was only, like, 35 bucks, maybe something like that. And I think they bumped it up a little bit this year to maybe 40 or something like that. Um, it's either 40 or 45 this year. I'm not sure which, uh, but it's, uh, it's definitely worth it. If anything, just find a way if you, if you drove in, if you didn't fly in, just get in the air sometime during the week and look at the show from the air because it's kind of hard. You, you know, you grasp the, the size of the thing when you're on the ground, but seeing everything from the air is so cool. Um, and, and I've done it now in the, in the helicopter flight and I've done it in the Ford trimotor. I did that two years, two or three years ago. And, um, that was a blast and it's definitely worth it. Uh, next on my list is a B-17 ride. So we'll see if I can 
conjure up some funds to do that. So, yeah, yeah, those are those are a little pricey. Yeah, yeah I, you may as well I, just fly the Fisk approach at that point. <laughs> um, the um, I was thinking about the tri motor, and they had bumped the price on that. I think to eighty bucks this year, and yeah. um, I think it was sixty five the year before. So, but that's a nice. That's a little bit longer ride. I don't know how long that is. Twenty, thirty minutes, maybe. Um, maybe something like that. You know, I honestly don't remember. It may have been fifteen. You get a little more for your money, I guess, out of that as far as time in the air, at least. But you're um, in a tri motor. Yeah, good things. Um, so on in, in that day zero day one, did you get to see any of the mass arrivals? You know, I wanted to make it to the Cub mass arrival, but. Uh, uh, we didn't quite get up early enough for that. Um, that was probably our one late morning of the whole week. I think we got up at six thirty. Oh, okay. Yeah, that one. That that one started really. That one really started really early. Um, yeah, we they were. took off like. So there's like, there's like a hundred and sixty plus cubs that were slated to come in, maybe closer to even two hundred, and they maxed out the limit on. Um, on the mass arrivals, which is 75. That's the max that uh, I believe any uh, any one uh, type can do at one time. And so 75 Cubs all spaced apart within a few seconds of each other, landing three at a time. I wish I was there to see that. I got to see some footage online, um, it, but it would have been cool to see in person for sure. Well, i tell you what, what was really cool was seeing the sea of yellow on the ground in vintage. Um, just, just going down that end, and it was just row after row, after row, after row of yellow. Um, and what amazes me is not only that there's so many cubs, because there's a lot of cubs. I mean, there was a ton of them. They, like you said, it was over 160 cubs that came in. Um, and they were, there was a lot of them throughout the field, but there was the, the, the huge concentration of most of them was in vintage. And it's not the, the number of cubs that amazes me as much. And, and like I said, it's, it's a lot. Um, it's the fact that almost all of them are yellow. Yeah, it's, a, it's the uh, iconic color. I mean, um, but no other airplane has that. Yeah, same. You know, everything's the same color. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you saw the occasional white one, um, or you know, uh, there's a couple other colors, but they were so sporadic in comparison to the sea of yellow. And and I wonder if there were, if anyone accidentally got in somebody else's plane trying to leave at any given point, because um, uh, we've all probably walked to the wrong car that we thought was ours in the parking lot. But we, but if but if like ninety percent of the cars in the parking lot was exactly like yours, you know, good luck finding the one that that uh, you drove in on. That's pretty funny. So yeah, I would uh, I would have liked to saw that. It was really cool to see on uh, on the ground for sure. Um, so uh, what'd you? So you know, we, Brad and I were uh, kind of living vicariously through uh, everybody's tweets who were already there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Wednesday. That was getting that was getting difficult, by the way. Yeah, I I was I was getting like I was having a little pity party for myself at work. Like, man, I'm still here. I just want to be there. I just it was hard to concentrate. I'm just constantly refreshing my hashtag, Osh12, you know, what's next? Who's got the next picture? Whatever, you know. You guys have got to come for the whole week. I mean, you know, you, you get that feeling a little bit when people are leaving a day before you, but then you get there and you don't have to worry so much about that. It's it's nice. 
Yeah, this year I didn't try and run myself ragged like I did last year. Last year being my first year, I wanted to try as best I could to see as much of it as possible. This year, um, I was I w- I had more of a sniper's approach to it, you know, because you know I had seen a lot of it. Um, of course, you know it's a little different every year, but you know I I just wanted to uh, hit up a few specific things and uh, and and just be happy with that, but. I would definitely like to be there the whole year and then hit a couple specific things per day. And finally, by the whole week's gone, you've probably touched everything, which is, which would be fun. So I talked to my wife about it. I, I even talked to, uh, to, uh, Larry Overstreet about it, about maybe, um, at some point, maybe next year, if we, if I can talk the whole family into going that maybe he goes and grabs us a pop-up tent trailer, like what he grabs, uh, for me to rent too. And uh, that way it'd be more comfortable for the whole family to say. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a pretty good idea, a pretty good way to way to, to camp and at least get the family to feel a little better. I don't know how I'm going to go next year. Camp, camping's what it's all about. It is. I, I will agree with that. Um, it was a little difficult trying to produce video, though, while camping. Um, there was a power shortage. There was a bandwidth shortage, that kind of thing. So... I don't know what's going to happen next year, um, but uh, I, I definitely love camping. It's definitely the way to experience the show. Yeah, that that situation for you guys, that situation for you guys um, with trying to deal with editing and uploading content at a feverish pace, like you were trying to do, would almost work better is is if you all pitched in and rented a house <laughs> and use use the Wi-Fi or use the network at the house. And, and that is a serious consideration for something like this. And if that's the case, then I am definitely trying to get Lindsay up there for that year because that's like the one year that would be perfect for her to come. It's just the the nightlife, the nightlife on camp on in Camp Schaller um, during the evening after the shows. You know, definitely shut down. You know, that eight, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. You know, Camp Schaller is rocking. You know, till you know one a.m. every night. Something's going on. You know, so. It's that I would miss that if I wasn't at Camp Schaller and I was in the hotel or at a house or whatever. It would, I'd miss. I'd feel like I'm still missing out because it's just so fun to to be on site, twenty four seven. Yeah, it is nice. I would I would second that. It's really nice to be there um, as somebody who stayed in general aviation camping last time, uh, and then this time stayed in Schaller. Um, I I would I would say that things pretty well quieted down right around eleven o'clock, but. But it worked out fine, you know, it, and it and it's just nice to have everybody there and to be able to say, hey, do you have a whatever, and be able to get uh, get you know what whatever it is that you forgot uh, and borrow it from somebody. Um, there, it, yeah, wonderful thing. Right. So, John, um, still before we get there, you know, it's not Thursday yet. You Sunday, Monday gone. Um, what what's going on uh, before we get there? Tuesday, Wednesday. Tell us about it. So here's the deal. I don't remember. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to go out and say that right now. You know how I remember what I did every day? I look and watch other people's airplanes and figure out where we were. Um, well, let, me, let, let me lead you into the number one thing that I was so so so. I, I know what you're about. about to. I know what you're about to bring up. Okay. Just, and, and I do remember that. Us. Don't fear not. Fear not. I remember that. <laughs> and that was coming. I'm just saying, for the most part, I don't remember what we did, okay? Okay. Um, I, kn- I know was, this happened Wednesday, I believe. Uh, I know it was Tuesday. Um, 
Uh, it was the, I believe, day two video we did. Uh, it's the one where David starts with the Cubs because we went to the Cubs afterwards. But um, before I get there, let me just state the the few other little things we get. You know, I'll leave a little something awesome happened, but you have to wait five minutes to hear about it. Um, people are screaming at their iPods right now. Why? Some of the other things we did do that I do remember is we did do the uh, Orbis DC-10, which was really cool. It is a flying eye hospital. Um, so literally, they have an operating table. They have all this stuff in, in a DC-10. They fly it to third world countries. They land. They park. And then they do 200 surgeries over the course of a couple weeks. And uh, what's cool about it is not only that they do eye surgeries in an aircraft, okay? It's the fact that they have a seating area in the front that is a training area. So they have a bunch of students, doctors come in who are going to learn about doing eye surgery. Yeah, it's a it's a forty a forty seat classroom. It's awesome. Yeah. So then what they do is they put cameras all through the operating room. They mic all of the surgeon, and then the students watch the surgeries live and interact with the uh, the surgeons through their microphones. So they can ask questions during the procedures and all that kind of stuff. So essentially, not only are they going there to help fix blindness in third world countries. But they're going there to teach people in those countries to continue doing the work that they're there to do. So that when they leave, when that Orbis DC-10 leaves, they have doctors there who are able to do the work for them in the country. And I think that is so cool. And we got a private tour of that plane. And um, that's going to actually come out as a separate episode of Other People's Airplanes. Because it just got so much content from that tour. It was amazing. It was so cool seeing what they were doing in there and, and what they did to this DC-10. And I'm not going to lie, too. Throughout the week, I kept looking at that thing, and I kept thinking, that's actually a really nice-looking plane. I really like the look of the DC-10. I just think it's a cool-looking plane. I don't know why. I just do. Um, no, I, I li- I've always liked that tri-jet look. Yeah. Um, and uh, and that's a great looking plane, like you say. And uh, it, I guess they're, uh, they're in the middle of uh, refurbing a... Uh, uh, an MD-10, is that right? Uh, yeah, so FedEx has given them a donated a MD-10 that's going to replace the DC-10. Um, the DC-10 is going to be retired, I believe, within the next year. Um, and they're going to be doing a, yeah, an MD-10, which is going to be pretty cool. So uh, um, that's uh, Orbis, by the way. It's O-R-B-I-S. Um, yeah, well, there'll be some links in the show notes to them. But uh, check them out because they're doing some really cool stuff. And uh, definitely... Um, check out whenever it comes out in other people's airplanes. It'll be a really cool episode of that because um, we got a full tour of the aircraft and it was really cool. Um, so in addition to that, uh, you know, we did a few other things. We saw some stuff, interviewed some people. It was pretty cool. Um, however, the coolest thing uh, by far was uh, the fact that um, I, I have uh, set foot not only in the base of Oshkosh Tower, but also at the top. <laughs> yeah, we hate you. Yeah. You, you, I, w- I was not your biggest fan when I saw that tweet come by. I wanted to chuck my computer up against the wall. I'm like, so it was like, a what? matter. It was a matter of being in the right place at the right time. Okay. Tell us how this right place, right time thing comes in. A huge thanks to the FAA and to the controllers and to, um, yeah, basically we were kind of hanging out with flying high coffee guys from there at the time. And, um, just huge thanks to all of them for, for letting us go up there because it is not an easy thing to get into that tower during the show. It's actually almost impossible apparently. Um, but somehow we were in the right place at the right time, found ourselves in the base of the tower, helping deliver some coffee. And then, um, next thing I know, there's a controller that comes out and, uh, 
you know, you know their controller because they're wearing their pink shirts. And uh, he comes out and he's like, all right, turn your cell phones off uh, and be quiet. Next thing I know, I'm in an elevator that has two buttons, one and two. He hits two and uh, we wait a little while. Next thing I know, we're popping out, go up a couple flights of stairs and we're in the tower. Um, looking out over Oshkosh, uh, it, just a beautiful sight. They have a great view of the grounds. I mean, that is just perfect, uh, obviously, because they're controllers. But, I mean, it's just awesome seeing that view. Uh, and then seeing the controllers kind of working up there. It's actually, it, I'm surprised. It's very, very quiet. It's kind of serene up there. Um, y- you know, you, you listen to the, the, the chatter on the radio and you think, oh, my God, it must be hectic as anything. No, they're just kind of standing there here and there saying some stuff into the, the mic and, you know, they're all looking out, they got their eyes out, you know, and, but they're just kind of standing there. It's, it's very cool. It's very quiet and calm up there. And I was surprised. Um, now, now they're only controlling 18, the two one eight three six runways from up there, right? So here's how it works. Okay. Um, and, and this was one of the things the controller was kind of telling us how everything worked uh, as we were up there. So basically what you have is you have um, two basic teams up there. Now, if you've seen Oshkosh, if you've seen the runway diagrams, you have two main runways, okay? You have 1836 and you have 927, okay? Now, uh, 1836, by the way, is the main runway that all the air show stuff goes on. So what they have is they have four controllers per runway um, in the tower, okay? Four controllers doing 927 and four controllers doing 1826. Okay, and now these four controllers are a range of people. Um, uh, a couple of them are veterans. They've been there for more than five years, and a couple of them are not veterans. They've been there for less than three years or something like that. Um, so they kind of mix up the teams. It's kind of cool. And each team, that's their team for the entire week. Um, so it's the same like kind of four people that are together for the whole week. Um, so they kind of develop a, a nice teamwork thing going on there. So those are the controllers that are controlling that runway and talking on the radio. All right? Then you have two supervisors, one per runway. All right. Now, if you've uh, if you've listened to the radio, you know that there's two frequencies. There's one for each of those runways. So the four people are on one frequency, and then the other four for the other runway are on the other frequency. Well, the supervisors, there's one per runway, but they can talk on both frequencies. All right. So you have five people per runway right now. Then you have the guy in the middle. Who's the guy running the whole thing? Now he's like senior, like you know, fifteen years experience at Oshkosh uh, air traffic controller, and he is the head guy running the tower. All right, and he's listening to everything, looking at everything, making sure everything flows well. Now the kicker is, is that all of those people right there in that tower, they are handling landings only. That's it, landings. That's all they're handling. Nothing else, just landings. So. On top of those people, you've got, at the end of each runway, you have a little platform, you have four more controllers, and one more supervisor per runway. They're handling departures, and that's all they're doing. They're handling departures, and they're on the same frequency. So you've got four people in the air plus a supervisor, four people on the ground plus a supervisor are handling one runway. Then you got the main guy. So at any given time, you have 11, 12 people, give or take, watching each runway looking for airplanes. You've got 11, 12 sets of eyes. On top of all of that, those are all the controllers at the field, plus you have the four controllers at FISC, plus another supervisor, who are handling all of the arrival stuff and basically sequencing everyone that, that comes in over um, to, to start the arrival when they're all kind of um, they're all kind of starting to, to line up. Um, they're sequencing them and telling them which runway to go to 
so that they can hand them off to the controllers for landing. So you've got a total of, uh, let's see, five, let's see, 10 per runway. So that's 20, 25, 26 controllers total that are running the whole thing at any given time. Um, pretty crazy. So if you ever listen to the radio during the week, you'll understand mm-hmm. what's going on. It, it's, it's an incredible setup. They are so efficient at it. Um, I, w- I was just I, w- I think we spoke at camp I was just kind of marveling at the fact that the amount of movements they handle um, in this week's time and there's you, you never never hear of an incident in relation to you know arrivals takeoffs or landings yeah generally the incidents they have um, this year I mean they did have a, a midair or fisc last year I think but it was a um, they both made it on the ground it was somewhat minor but um, um, you know, at that point, it's very much a VFR thing out there, but, uh, uh, generally it's, you know, it's hard landings. It's, um, people with gear up, people running over the end of runway, uh, things like that. It's, it's generally not the controller's fault. Um, and so they do an amazing job and it's insane. I mean, they, they bring in, you know, 10,000, 12,000, 10 to 12,000 airplanes, over the course of the week. And, I mean, they're busier than O'Hare in Atlanta. Um, they're the biggest, busiest airport in the world. And they do an amazing job. And, you know, hats off to them for everything that they do during that week because it's a lot of work. Um, but they are the best of the best in air traffic control. And, you know, they're there working the show so that we can see some awesome stuff. Yep. And uh, incredible indeed. Um, let's move on because we, uh, don't have a lot of time for this episode. So moving right along, how about, uh, let's move into uh, Thursday. We finally, we finally show up, um, Brad and I, um, I'll just kind of jump into mine. I, I, uh, I, I flew the, I took the human mailing tube, flew Allegiant airline, um, to, uh, to Appleton, uh, which was nice being able to fly in, uh, that close to, uh, Oshkosh. It's only like 25 miles away. So, much better than uh, going all the way down to um, uh, what is it, uh, Milwaukee, which is 90 miles away. So, so I get into uh, I get into Appleton. Uh, John uh, uh, comes and picks me up, and uh, it, it, you know the sky's unleashed. Uh, we we were we were at near zero visibility, if not zero visibility, at some point on the highway creeping along at 10 or 20 miles an hour at best some points the wipers were totally ineffective john's driving trying to help him look out the window at the same time checking his ipad with four flight looking at the weather and it's just it's just red and pink and orange and every other you know nasty uh, weather color there is over top right over top of uh, oshkosh um and uh, i knew that they were just getting hammered so um John's like, well, you want to want me to drop you off back at camp? And I'm like going, well, maybe not. I don't think I'll just sit out in the rain. What are you guys doing? So they were uh, hanging out over at the uh, Culver's uh, using their fantastic Wi-Fi and electricity and editing video and eating hamburgers. So I was like, yeah, I could eat. So uh, I just went back with uh, John and uh, met up with uh, um, uh, Dave Allen and uh, Damon Faber, and uh, we uh, – uh, I had a burger, and they were just uh, editing away. And soon enough, the uh, uh, the, so- the storm st- uh, stopped, and uh, John and I, uh, what did we do? We ran over to Target real quick and 
got some tasty beverages and uh, fill, filled so we could fill up the coolers at uh, back at camp. Um, we got back to back to camp and I kind of put my stuff away. Did you you headed back uh, over to uh, um, Culver's, right? Yes, yeah, so I went back to do some editing. Uh, I know we got Brad. That's about when he showed up. And uh, I know you guys went off. You kind of did your thing. I kind of edited the rest of the day, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the rest of my day till uh, until the, the the party that night. But uh. yeah, so I uh, um, I just uh, took off. Uh, the camp was pretty dead because it was you know uh, middle of the afternoon. Everybody was was pretty much out doing their thing. So I just headed out pretty much by myself to see what I could see, see if I could get some pictures and whatnot. Um, I was borrowing a, a nice camera, a Canon D, uh, 7D from uh, work, because uh, I was all excited that uh, last year Canon was on site and you could uh, borrow a lens from them. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to borrow this two or $3,000 lens and go out there and snap away and get some of this awesome, awesome footage. But what happened? What happened, you ask? No, Canon's not there. This year it's, it's sponsored by Nikon. So I showed up with the wrong equipment, but... Uh, that's all right. Still had a still had a good camera, and uh, as someone else uh, that I know let me borrow a nice 300 millimeter zoom lens, so I still had a pretty good uh, zoom lens to get in uh, on some of that action that was uh, flying by. And I found out that I'm not near the photographer that uh, some of my friends are. Oh, I don't know. Your your photos turned out really really well, Chris. I was checking them out on Facebook, and they look great. Oh uh, well, I appreciate that. I uh, I there's a group. There's a group here in um, in Phoenix. Um, we call them AZAP, A-Z-A-P, and it's like Arizona Arrow Photos or something. I forget. And uh, there's a few guys in there that have the most spectacular shots you've ever seen in your life. But, you know, they're professionals, and they probably spend an hour per photo that they want to touch up and show off. And, you know, they they put the time into making them look just spectacular. So... And and I and I was a total noob when it comes to this camera. It's it's way over my head. I was trying to read the ma- manual while on the stupid airplane, um, while listening to podcasts and other things. But uh, um, and a few people at camp said, "Oh, here you can do this, and if you you change the shutter setting to 125, that way you get the nice prop prop, uh, prop blur and blah blah blah." So I was trying to get that done, but uh, yeah, some of my favorite photos didn't turn out quite as good. I'm still trying to post-process them to make them look a little better we'll, we'll see how i do i'll i'll, I'll eventually have a, a few dozen or so that i pick out that i really like and and I'll, I'll group them together i've been trying to put up some of the other stuff uh on uh, our facebook page um i put up the uh, uh the potapalooza which was a lot of fun i put those photos up and what was the other thing i put up um you put up some of the camp bacon stuff but yeah, uh yeah. so we'll put a link to that yeah Actually, it's on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast. Yeah, go over there and like us. Uh, we appreciate it. It's uh, it's been getting quite a bit of traffic lately, and uh, I'd love to see uh, see some more. Um, what else? Um, I can't remember exactly, like John said, what days I did what. Oh, I know, I know. So we get there, and the other thing is that we went over and got my media credentials. I got back, and then right about that time. Uh, Brad was just getting there, right? Uh, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah, because you um, you were uh, working on getting through the gate to camp with us and whatnot, and so we finally got that handled. And 
and then me and you and uh, and your son took off, and I think we, we were looking to go see Kid Venture, but uh, they had already closed for the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So I think we just kind of walked around and hit up a few things here or there, uh, just just uh, saw what we could saw for the most part, or saw what we could see, as it were. Uh, what do you remember more more or less about uh, about Thursday, Brad? I just uh, the same thing I remember about the show. It was a lot of about the people um, getting a chance to meet you for the first time, Chris, and yeah. uh, uh, we went up to the UCAP tie down party. Uh, and got to see all kinds of different folks. And uh, uh, over the course of the, the four days that we were there, got to, to talk to a bunch of listeners who are uh, very had a lot of very kind words to say and really, really appreciate that. It, it, it means a lot uh, to hear from folks that, that think that you're doing a good job and, and are, are glad to talk to you about what they're doing in their, in their aviation stories and, and that was just a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Uh, so, it, it, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about it as much chronologically, just to, in terms of the. I was thinking about it more in terms of the people that I got to meet and uh, and talk to and and get to know. That that was uh, that was the show for me and and for for my boy too. We he uh, he got to turn seven there at the air show and at the night air show and uh, mm-hmm. even though he fell asleep and slept through the. <laughs> The whole fireworks and the wall of fire, and I got to carry him back. Um. <laughs> that's a that's a tired boy when you can go through all that airplane noise, the explosions, the people yelling, and the wall of fire, and still be sleeping. That, that that's tired boy right there. Yeah, that is impressive. He had a good day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so no doubt. Um, but but yeah, just the the opportunity to meet all of these folks, uh, a lot of whom I'd never met before and have seen only through Twitter, and just have a chance to to sit down and talk with people was was really fantastic. Uh, and that and that started right away. It was you know Thursday night was the tie down party, Friday night was Potapalooza, Saturday night was the night air show. Um, you know every every day and every night there was some event to bring people together and to talk and and share stories and all that good stuff. You, you know, you, yeah, you kind of hit it right on the head there. I mean, it, it's all about the people, all about the experience of going there. Because, you know, I don't remember everything I did every day. I didn't remember the day I did it. Um, it's just too much going on. But the things I do remember are, are seeing you guys, hanging out, having a just a total blast, um, meeting everybody at these parties, and, and just seeing everyone that I only get to see once a year again. Uh, you, you know, there's... There's a lot of people that I, I talk to a lot on Twitter, but actually getting to hang out with them and share lineies is, is why I keep going back. Yeah, uh, the, yeah, I forgot about that Thursday, the tie-down party. Um, that was a blast. It was great uh, getting to meet um, uh, Jeb, Jack, and Dave for the first time for me. I got pictures with the, with each one of them, so that was cool. Um, a big, a big, uh, a big showing. Um, it was quite a bit bigger than they thought it was going to be and lasted a few hours longer than they anticipated. So that, that means it was a roaring success. Yeah. So, um, I guess, uh, we're, we're going to be, uh, getting, getting fairly short on time here before too long. But, uh, I wanted to, um, kind of get a, a feel for what your favorite things of the week were. Um, and, and what you, uh, you know, because there was a lot of stuff going on Friday and, and Saturday with the night air show and stuff like that. So I just wanted to kind of see what everybody was, uh, what, what you enjoyed the most. 
Besides the people, we know that. Um, do you want to go first, uh, um, Brad? Sure, I can go first. Uh, the, the things that we enjoyed the most, um, I think the seaplane base would be right up there at the top of the list. Uh, we went on Saturday afternoon, and it was such a nice break to get away from the, the hustle and bustle and busyness of the show and, and the heat of the show and get to some place that was right on a lake. It was very subdued. Um, you know, just you could just sit down and watch the the seaplanes come and go, and you could just have a little space to yourself. That that was definitely up there. Uh, the night air show was good for me, at least. It was the first one of those I'd ever seen. Uh, Potapalooza was absolutely a blast, and um, yeah, I guess I guess those. If I were just to give the quick summary, that would that would pretty much be it. Uh, I didn't get to go on all the adventures like John did and and see the tower and uh, and a lot of the other stuff, but uh, those were the events that uh, that I got to attend that I that I enjoyed the most, or the things that I got to see that I enjoyed the most. Yeah, for I I would agree with that seaplane base. Uh, I wanted to make sure that this year I saw that. I didn't go last year. Uh, this year uh, I wanted to make sure I saw it. Um, I had been spending a good portion of that day uh, with uh, Jason Shepard, uh, M0A, as you know him on uh, Twitter. Uh, Jason and I was was hanging out for a good portion of the day, checking out the air show um, and whatnot. And then uh, I said, hey, you want to go to seaplane base? He's like, yeah, I want to go. I've never seen that. So we went on over to the seaplane base. And like you said, just it, it's a nice, nice little getaway. It, it's got to be about 10 degrees cooler over there because you're on the water. Uh, the trees all around, so you're usually in shade. Um, I got to see some really cool planes come and go, uh, you know, least of which a cub on floats, and and that was one of the coolest things. There was there was a quick little story. Um, the the cub was being drug out to the middle of or taken out of the lagoon, uh, put into kind of the waterway where everybody kind of takes off from. He was being tugged out there by a little boat. Uh, not going under his own power, but tugged out there by a little boat. The boat goes away. The guy gets out onto the uh, pontoon, reaches out, flips the uh, propeller, and hand props it right in front of us. I thought that was one of the coolest things I saw. Because how else are you going to do it? They don't have a starter motor or even a battery. And that's just insane to me. I mean, I understand they're not having a starter, but <laughs> Very just cool. having to hand I Just the coordination involved. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah, pretty cool thing. Um, the Sea uh, Rays, Sea uh, Ray had a, a couple of demo planes over there and was giving rides, hundred bucks for a thirty-minute flight. Uh, I passed on that. I thought it was a little outside my comfort budget uh, for what I was looking to spend. I was, I, you know, if it was like sixty bucks, I was probably going to go. Hundred was a little outside what I was happy with. So, uh, but it was cool watching them come and go. Man, here's what I learned about seaplanes. All right. Um, Seaplanes on floats versus like a V-bottom type um, hull that 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 the the plane itself is part of the boat, you know, a flying boat, yeah, yeah, if you will. Um, the the ones on on pontoons take much much longer to get off the water. That you know they got to you know uh, go you know um, get past a whole lot of drag, get up on their step, then finally get some decent ex- uh, acceleration, and then get off the ground uh, or off the water, as it were. Um, the the sea rays and planes of that nature seem to just get get out of there in a hurry. Um, that sea ray, I think, can probably get off the water in about 
three to four lengths of its uh, of its of itself. Um, it was pretty impressive. Um, saw husky on floats uh, come and go, uh, and a, and a few other things like some experimental uh, thing. I forget what it's called off top of my off top of my head, but it was pretty interesting. So seaplane base, yeah, completely agree. Awesome. Um, hanging out with Jason Chapper, that was a lot of fun. Um, I'll also, I just a quick one. I, I somehow I was in the right place at the right time, getting something to eat over at that main. I don't, I forget what the name of that place is, but it's like that main like uh, tent restaurant area on all on site at what's that? Hellos. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And I look over and I see uh, Craig Fuller and uh, and Thomas Haynes from uh, AOPA, you know, standing up having a burger or whatever um, at one of the tables eating. So I kind of paced my eating along with theirs because I wanted to go over there and say hi. Um, so uh, they finished up eating. I finished. I went over there and said hi and, and talked to those guys. And lo and behold, next to them that they didn't even notice sitting at a table was uh, Rod Machado. Um, so um, I asked Craig, I said, hey, can I get a quick picture? And he's like, yeah, sure. He goes, you got to get this guy, though. He's, he's, he's the famous one, you know. So uh, uh, Tom Haynes, Rod Machado, and Craig Fuller from AOPA got a quick picture with them. I was wondering um, how you scored that. <laughs> You're just, uh, just lucky being in the right place, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, uh, I talked to Craig a little bit about the, uh, uh, the Pilot's Bill of Rights, um, and that was a pretty interesting conversation. Um, and one of the coolest things for me also was that Tora 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 demonstration. Um, I haven't seen that, and I guess – I don't know if my numbers are right here or years, but I thought they said that that hadn't been um, done at Oshkosh in 17 years. Does anyone remember that um, number? I don't know. We were we were recording uh, at the beginning of all the introduction of all that stuff, but I, I will second the awesomeness of that demonstration. I had not seen it before either, but uh, I, I tell you what, you know, the way it began – was enough to just I my jaw dropped when I saw that. Um, what? How many planes was it? Eight, ten. What? Oh, th- how many planes were in the air at the same time? Well, when they you, you know when they first came, they they had they were on the line, and they came from uh, from left to right. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you hear one guy start firing, and they break. Yeah. And it wasn't like a normal break where you've got the groups that break. It was like a chaotic, they just started going everywhere. Yeah, it, fireflies. I mean, there had to have been, I'd say, uh, I don't know, it felt like you know, uh, 10 or 12 airplanes flying at the same time. There, only one P-40 Warhawk was chasing the Zeros. But, and, and then the announcer, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, he, he's so emotional and passionate about it. Um, it was really, really good. Yeah, that was a that was a very good um, uh, air show act. I, I just I couldn't believe that beginning break. Just all those guys going around, and uh, um, we actually tried to record the beginning of another people's airplanes during that show, which was very interesting. But uh, we got some good footage of that, which was cool because it was just it was awesome. Yeah, great demonstration for sure, and and the coordination and timing of it all uh, was was fantastic. Uh, the pyrotechnics was cool. Um, definitely something that um, if it's uh, if it's going to be done at an air show near you, it'd be uh, well worth uh, your time to go check it out. Yeah, definitely. Cool. 
Um, so. What about uh, what 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 about for you, John? Anything that we didn't cover that uh, you'd like to bring up real quick? Well, let's see. Uh, I got to go on the tower. Uh, I got to go on the RBC ten. Yeah. Okay. You can shut up about that. <laughs> uh, you know, other than those things, um, it was really cool. We did get to see the blimp one morning and talk to one of their uh, pilots in training, which was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I just saw that. I just saw that. Well, I just watched that episode the other day. That was a really good, uh, really good interview with the uh, co-pilot of the uh, Goodyear Blimp. Good job on that. I actually just watched that today. It was a very good interview. I hadn't heard it before. Um, it's kind of hard to hear when you have a whole bunch of stuff going on, and I'm down on the ground, not listening to the actual audio piping through. So I actually don't get to hear a lot of these uh, interviews until I get to watch them, which you know it was nice kind of watching them. But uh, no, that was really cool uh, seeing the Blimp being right there. It was really cool, and it's it's kind of neat because it. it you know, because it's that one wheel and it just pivots around that mast. Well, there's just this this indentation all along in a circle on the ground of where that wheel goes, and then you can see where the blimp is, you know, spun around, uh, which I thought was really cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. Um, a couple of the other highlights of the week. Uh, on Monday night was the rubber chicken party, and um, this is basically a, you know, you pay some money, you go in, you get all you can eat um, food, you get a bunch of beer, um, you can drink beer. Uh, there's people running around with potato guns, hitting each other with potato guns that you don't even know. You're just getting bombarded. I mean, it's a really cool atmosphere, a really cool party. There's a lot of people that go there. Um, and it's essentially to raise money for young eagles. Um, and they raise, raise depending on the year, between six and $8,000 for young eagles in this one event on Monday night. Uh, it was our 13th year doing it. Um, uh, it was talk of it being over forever back in um, 2010, and they actually didn't do it last year. But you know what? They brought it back this year, and I'm glad they did because I got to go. And it was really cool. It was nice to get to go and, you know, hang out with everybody and, and raise some money for the Young Eagles, which is uh, really cool. Uh, other than that, you know, just, just being at Camp Aiken, hanging out with everybody, and um, getting to shoot some video was definitely a new way to, to experience the show. Uh, it's a lot of work, let me tell you. Uh, we were spending a lot of time in the Piper 10 or in, in the campsite with our laptops open editing. Um, I was doing all the audio podcasts for, for um, the Pilot's Way Podlog, the Pursuit of Wings, and uh, this podcast, um, as well as helping them shoot video. And they were doing a lot of editing at night. And we were pulling, you know, going to bed at midnight, 1.30, getting up at 5.30, 6 o'clock every day. That was a lot of work, but it was totally worth it. And we got to do some really cool stuff and share some really interesting stories. So it was a new way to experience the show, but it was it was a blast. I, I had a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again. And I got to go on the What was that? You got to do what? I got to go on the tower. Oh. All right, that'll be enough out of you. <laughs> All right, moving along. With that, let's, uh, let's go ahead and do some shout-outs before we go ahead and wrap this up here. Uh, we're kind of running out of time. So um, what do you guys got? Shout outs. All right, I'll go real quick. Um, I, quick shout out to um, Larry Overstreet and uh, and uh, Mart Clupper uh, from Air Pigs. Uh, thanks so much for uh, here, here. getting Camp Bacon set up for us uh, and uh, getting our getting the good spot uh, year after year. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, shout out to uh, Jason Shepard M0A. I had a great time hanging out with you, bro. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and uh, look forward to doing it again. And one more quick shout out, uh, Victoria Newville, uh, Toria Fly on uh, on Twitter, and uh, I got my renter's insurance with her while she was there. So good to meet her in person, and uh, now I'm covered with uh, renter's insurance. Cool, I'm about to do that too. So uh, Brad, how about you? 
Uh, just a second, a few of the ones that uh, that Chris just talked about. Uh, to Larry and Mart for doing such an outstanding job uh, managing Camp Bacon and uh, and and the the fun times that we all got to have there. Uh, to Rob Riggin of Flying High Coffee for giving my son a whirlwind tour around the air show in a golf cart, which he he thought was just fantastic. And uh, there's a picture of the of the aftermath of that up on Facebook. I like that one. And that's yeah, we're gonna hope mom doesn't see that one. Um, and also a shout out to Senator Inhofe, the pilot's bill of rights uh, bill that he pushed forward uh, just got signed into law today. And uh, I wanted to give him a shout out for that because I think it's a good thing for pilots. Uh, and of course to the UCAP guys for uh, for everything that they did and the and the great uh, the great party that they uh, that they put on Thursday night. Uh, and, and also for reaching 300 episodes, that's uh, incredible. And they reached that Sunday during the show in their final episode of the week. Uh, you know, how, that. I think I think we're going to catch them. We might, maybe in I don't know a decade. Of or a decade times ten, really? What I meant? We're at episode twenty-four, and we're what? A couple of years into this now? A year and a half into this? Uh, we're, we're creeping up on two years in October, so we can do it. We can do it. I have faith. Yeah, they just hit three hundred. If we do, let's see. If we change our one a month to one a day, we might have a shot of hitting them uh, in, in, by by the end of next year. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll try. No promises. But uh, anyhow, uh, a couple shout-outs that I have, too. Uh, I, I will also, uh, I will third be Larry and Mark. Um, great job. Uh, Larry is just, he is such a podcast, just awesome fan. He loves podcasts so much, and just thanks thanks for that. And just great hanging out with him, and just, you know, uh, he's just such a good guy. And his family is awesome, and very patient with, I guess, all of us being there and kind of invading your campsite. Uh, uh and Mart, you know, I love the bacon parties, and uh, I really hope he kind of had an incident with his laptop getting uh, watered on uh, during that big storm. So uh, I'm hoping that he can he, uh, get that back up and running soon, because that really kind of sucks. Um, especially in the middle of the show, he's trying to put out content, and then all of a sudden he can't, because he doesn't have a way to do it anymore. Um, but, uh, also, a couple of other shout-outs. Um, uh, Flying High Coffee as well to, to Rob, and, and all the guys there, uh, Chris and, and Howie, and um, they provided us awesome coffee all week. I mean, it's delicious. You should go buy it. I just did. Uh, it's free coffee. Um, you know, you can donate um, if you wanted to. But I just love what they're doing with the the 30% to charities, um, to aviation charities. It was really cool. Um, and and they helped us out a lot this, that week. Uh, I got a couple rides from Chris. We got the ride from Rob that ended up in the tower. Uh, so... Uh, huge thanks to them. Huge thanks to my transponder for Potapalooza and for putting that together to um, open airplane for some of the events they did. I went to a couple, I went to a talk that Rod did on that, which was really cool. Um, uh, also to Sennheiser, a uh, huge thanks to them for all they've done for open airplane, uh, not open airplane. Uh, a huge thanks to Sennheiser for all they've done for other people's airplanes. Um, because they provided David with so much and, and all of that in turn allowed me to help David, which gave me the coolest week ever. So, um, we also got to do a lot of stuff there. They also hosted the pot of Palooza. I mean, they just do so much for new media. Um, so huge thanks to them. 
anybody else I forgot. Um, just I saw so many people that week. Thanks to everybody, and thanks to everybody who listened and uh, who listened to all of the quick casts. Um, they were a lot of work to put together, but I love doing it. Um, I'm so glad that we got them out daily. Uh, I apologize for not getting the last one out. One more, one more shout out. Shout out to Harry. How about to Harry, huh? Thanks, uh, Harry, come and track us down. Uh, one of our listeners uh, at uh, the Beer Bash. Um, so it's good meeting you, Harry, and uh, keep plugging along. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's all my shout outs. Um, so much just happened. I guess. It's hard to keep track of everything, but. Uh, um, I guess with that, let's go ahead and uh, do a real quick where you can find us online and a couple other things, and then we're going to go ahead and call this one a night. Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, on the interwebs, you could find me on Twitter at uh, cholubaz, that's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z, uh, and also on, um, on uh, YouTube, uh, the same, uh, same name applies, cholubaz. Cool, and uh, Brad, where can we find you? Everything you need to know about how to find me, you can find on www.inthepatternpodcast.com. All right, and uh, you can find me uh, mainly at Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash pilotconway. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Pilot Conway, though not that often. Um, and you can also reach me at john at inthepatternpodcast.com. You can reach all of us collectively at podcast at inthepatternpodcast.com or on our website at www.inthepatternpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter and Google Plus as In The Pattern. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash inthepatternpodcast. Um, we also have a My Transponder group called In The Pattern Podcast. Finally, if you're feeling lucky and you really want to call us and uh, like Harry did, uh, which was awesome, you can call us and leave a voicemail at 707-PCAST-01. That's 707 Papa Charlie Alpha Sierra Tango 01. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and come to this to close. But uh, two quick things really quickly. Uh, if you want to stay updated with all the latest uh, episodes um, and you're not subscribed in iTunes uh, or, or in through another podcatcher, um, we do have a brand new mailing list feature that is just launched. Uh, if you go to www.inthepatternpodcast.com, on the right sidebar all the way up at the top is a little thing. You can put your email address in there, and you can go ahead and sign up for our uh, mailing list. And basically all we're going to do is we're going to just send you an email whenever there is a new episode available. So if you want to stay updated for when we release episodes, go ahead and sign up for that mailing list. Also, we're going to try really hard to keep bringing out these podcasts as quickly as possible. So um, stay tuned. Uh, we, you know, we've got this one pretty close to after in the uh, after Oshkosh, so I think we're really going to try to get these out hopefully twice a month. Um, hold us accountable to that because we're really going to try to do it. And uh, anything else you guys uh, we, we missed before we close out here? I think it's a wrap. Cool. Well, uh, with that, uh, this about wraps up episode 24 of the In the Pattern podcast, our Oshkosh Extravaganza episode. I'd like to thank you all for listening, and remember, make left traffic, you're cleared for the option. Members of the In the Pattern podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with, the instructors they learn from, or the flight schools they attend. Remember, these guys are student pilots, so anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on an aircraft operation is obviously from the perspective of student pilot. 
You should always consider your own situation, consult your instructor, remember your training, and fly the airplane. Cleared for the option.